Hey housemates, thanks for tuning in. Please check out our Patreon to see how you can support us and help us to bring more guests, more stories and even get involved yourself from just a pound a month. Visit www.patreon.com slash ourhousepodcast. Link is in the description. And now, this week's episode. podcast it's claire here and paul hey hey so as you know our podcast is to tell really interesting stories and to meet really interesting people i think we've got a really really interesting person on today what do you think paul (laughs) interesting scale what would you say uh i don't know Seven to ten. Nine. 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 That's a good score. Uh, score. Our guest has definitely got some interesting uh, stories to tell um, and a journey that she's been on. So without further ado, let's welcome her on. It's Honor. How are you today? Hello, Claire and Paul. I am fantastic. Thank you. I am broadcasting from lovely, I was going to say sunny Brighton, unfortunately, not so much this evening, but we have had a quite a nice day today. So hi, guys. Thank you for having me on. You're not originally from Brighton, though, are you? Oh, no, I am a northern girl through and through. I'm a Cheshire princess. Cheshire lady, uh, now living by the beach, which I'm slightly jealous of. So, uh, so we, I've known you for about six, seven years. A long time, really. A really long time. I didn't quite realise how long it had been. Obviously, time goes so quickly now. Days, I it? know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it has, been, it has been that long, and it's so nice to be back in touch with you. And I'm so amazed that you're doing this wonderful podcast. Thank you for having me on. You, you're quite lucky as well, because normally – Anything, say, after two or three years of Claire knowing someone, she just forgets them. She forgets the name. She just looks at me and goes, who's that? I don't know who it is. That sounds really mean. Basically, I have a really bad memory. Well, I'm glad I was remembered. Yeah, if I don't see someone, like, every single day, yeah, no chance. But, no, so I've seen you kind of – I've seen you grow up so much. You were so young when I met you. Um, and you were just at the very, very start of your journey. Um, so for those who are listening who may not have heard of you, how would you describe yourself now as, a, as an entertainer? Um, so I am an international professional glamour model and porn star. Now, when many people hear the term porn star, they assume, well, as you can imagine, quite an explicit career. Um, but I'd like to make you aware that it's not just the explicit career that I have. Mine goes from the very basic glamour stuff all the way up to the completely extraordinary stuff which I hope we will get a chance to talk about today. There's a lot of keyboards probably shuffling now on Google searches going on. Um, um, but yeah so yeah I, I didn't know the the right kind of phrasing for it I didn't want to just say porn star because I don't know if that's the right terminology but you're right that that term porn star people do have an assumption around it and that is why I invited you on today because I kind of want to show that it's not just you know that kind of first impression that you get that there's a whole business behind it um, and how successful you've grown and and kind of developed and and the stories and the adventures that you've been on as well Um, and you know like I said when we first met you were very very early on um, and you just about started glamour modeling I think Um, and you know it's grown to such epic proportions and you've got quite a lot of of things to tell us really Um, (laughs) <laughs> so uh before you I've never met anyone in this business but now like I've seen your journey I think other people would be kind of fascinated by it so how did you first get into the entire thing like what kind of drew you to glamour modeling um well I think the first thing to start on is I need to explain a little bit about my background because I think one of the main stereotypes people have when they think of a porn star is someone that have come from maybe quite a deprived background maybe doesn't have a lot of choices in life so they've had to go for this option because they don't really have 
any other choice really career-wise and that most certainly was not the path that I discovered this through so I was very well educated I went to a private school had a quite a well-off family so there was no other need for me to kind of go into this for a money point of view because I was you know quite well brought up and I had my first ever girlfriend when I was 18 years old when I was actually working with you Claire back in the day in a call center Um, (laughs) and she was a webcam model and I was distraught is the honest word, because I really care for this woman. And I was like, hang on a minute, come again. You are on your laptop at night, webcamming to these people, basically masturbating, strip teasing to these people. And you're earning money from that. And that's your job. Like, go back to school, get an education. And I was generally concerned for her. And she said, look, Anna, come on webcam with me for one night and just see what it's like because the image that you have in your head is not the reality and I said look I'll give it a go one night and I was blown away there is not that cd inappropriate expectation you have with it it is purely acting um (laughs) being able to portray yourself in a way that connects with your audience and more than anything a huge business behind it. She was earning £4,000 a month from sitting at her laptop in her bedroom. And this blew me away because at this point, I had just dropped out of veterinary school because I I couldn't continue with it for personal reasons. I was working in the call centre earning minimum wage. And I'm like, hang on a minute, I got this all wrong. If she can earn four grand a month from sitting in her bedroom doing that, what's the earning potential for me if I actually plan this right? So that was what started it all off for me, that one glimpse at this industry and realizing the earning potential and the business potential behind it if you put that effort in. And that's how it all started. I guess from that side of it, it's like you're in complete control of that as well, aren't you? Yeah. You know, from a from that point of view. Yeah. You're 100% I'm- in control, yeah. Absolutely. She was creating her name. She was deciding how much she wanted to show her audience. Um, So whether she wanted to just sit there in her lingerie one night or whether she wanted to be explicit that evening, she could decide. She could decide which members she let into her chat room, um, which people she decided to send images to and what her rate was for those images. And for the first time, that was my first glimpse at being self-employed. I'd never had the option to be able to do that before, but suddenly you're not only in control of your own business, but for honestly, for the first time for me, I was like, hang on a minute, she's in control of her body as well. Like she can't have a man tell her how much she's worth. She gets to decide that. And that was the selling factor for me. So was that your first step into it as a webcam girl? Yes, it was. Um, So it was never something that I was truly passionate about. I'd never webcam before, but I thought, you know what? I'll give this a go. So I started with webcamming and it was going okay. But I thought, you know what? I can see so much more earning potential here. But the main concern for me was what is my family going to think of this? Mm -hmm. Because for me to go from aspiring vet at a really good university to mum, dad, I want to be a porn star. How do I market that to them without them disowning me, without them cutting off you know, contact with me and, and disregarding me as their child, like it's a huge thing. So I decided to go away and do some research, which if anyone out there listening to this is considering going into this as a career, do your research, figure out what you want your brand to be, who you want to portray yourself as, because this is a whole new opportunity for me. Um, I had been relatively unhappy with my life. And I thought, okay, I can recreate myself now. How many people get the opportunity to be able to recreate themselves from basically step one, you know, deciding how you look, what your name is, um, even what your accent's going to be like. You can put whatever you want into this character, and that is the person you're portraying every day when you're on camera. So I did my research, figured out who I wanted to be, and I sat down with my mum and my stepfather and my accountant. And I placed on the table a huge folder of my research um, with companies I wanted to work for, levels that I wanted to do as in regards to, you know, you can do solo levels, you can be working with other people. So whether that be girl, girl, whether that be boy, uh, boy, girl, and kind of 
how much you'd charge for those things, what countries you would would you would go to and travel to and, and perform those things in. And I sat down with my mom and my stepfather and I showed them this and explained the earning potential. You did a business plan. I did a business plan yeah. for porn, a porn business plan. And my parents sat there and they were in utter shock, as you can imagine, you know, having put me through private education and suddenly their daughters sat there going, hi, mom, hi, dad. So this is my business plan of my porn career. And they read, they, they, well, they obviously, uh, the education worked because you put all of this together. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used Excel very well. I'll think you'll find. <laughs> um, was it? I'm I'm quite interested at this point though. Um, was it was it one of them explanations where they sat there in utter silence while they were while they was <laughs> yeah. just kind of gathering their thoughts, or were they, you know, kicking off during it? Or oh my god! <laughs> I think because it came so unexpectedly because I was never um what I would call a rebel you know I didn't go out drinking I never did drugs I didn't even smoke um I was always quite a well-behaved quite tame young lady even to the point like I've I've never to this day by the way had a one night stand in my entire life right so they weren't expecting their little angel really to come forward with this business plan of being a porn star so they were obviously quite shocked um so I I laid out to them and I showed them and I remember my mum turning the page and going how much can you earn a year? <laughs> and being gobsmacked. And I was like, this is research I've done. This is not a joke. This is like the actual earning potential and me paying taxes properly and, you know, being a grown up and actually investing in my future. And my mum, she closed the folder and she went, you know what? If you're going to do this, do it properly and we'll back you 110% of the way. And I was blown away obviously like that my parents would support me in that but it's because of the the research I'd done and how professionally I put it forward to them yeah absolutely I think the presentation obviously had a huge impact there um and and you know parents it's, it's inbuilt any way to support no matter kind of what your, your your thoughts and opinions are that support is amazing and the fact that they've given you that support um can only make you even more successful so that, that was a really nice start. So then where did you go from there? Um, I started off really small. Um, my business plan was if I jumped in at the deep end and kind of went straight into hardcore pornography, then your your shelf life, as you like, as a, as a new model is very short-lived. Um, Do you know based- what, actually, sorry to interrupt, but now, yeah. now that makes sense because obviously I, I've known you for all these years and I've seen you grow and develop and I know that you've gone through stages where you wouldn't do certain things um, and then you've kind of evolved <laughs> and, and kind of stepped it up. So you saying that actually I understand now makes a lot more sense. Um, and I didn't see that either when I first started out. Um, you see, you know, people come and go into the industry all the time. And that tends to be why, because they come in, they do everything in like maybe one year of their, their career. They'll do girl, girl, boy, girl, anal, everything, basically, gangbangs, you name it. And then everybody's seen everything. There's nothing else to see. So they basically end up, you know, drifting into the huge array on Pornhub and never heard of again. So I decided I didn't want to do that. And I also didn't want to push myself into doing anything I didn't want to do because this is my business and I can decide what I feel comfortable doing and who I feel comfortable doing that with. So I started off really slow. I did uh, solo stuff, magazine stuff, um, a small like videos um, and lots of individual fetish stuff, which I found absolutely thrilling whatever fetish you can imagine in the back of your mind is a thing if you name one thing right now I bet I've done it I'm gonna go with uh really weird adult babies yes I have <laughs> yeah. um so what we that's call that my mind went I don't know what that says about me but yeah <laughs> we, so we call that diaper fetish or nappy fetish um it's not so much about actually acting like a baby. It's more about the comfort of wearing the diapers. Uh, and it's actually a whole regression thing. So uh, you'll actually find that a lot of my um, clients, as I'd call them, people that purchase my videos, um, are actually really high profile gentlemen. So maybe lawyers, businessmen. I've actually had a couple of people from Parliament, not going to give any names, um, that I've ordered custom videos from me. And the diaper fetish is a huge one. Yeah, probably like, oh my God, she mentioned me. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, the, 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 the diaper fetish is a huge thing. Um, and it's one of those things just because it's not your individual fetish doesn't mean that it's not normal for somebody else. So I started to explore a lot of these things because I was so vanilla when I first started and I got to experience all of these wonderful, outrageous fetishes and got got to grow my career basically through learning about and developing those fetishes. Um, and yeah, over the years, I, I set my levels up and I'm now at a position where I get to basically travel the world and, and enjoy myself, which is fantastic. <sighs> Yeah, that's that's uh, one of the things that I wanted to kind of go into, really. What is a day in the life of honour now, now in this world, in this year, without well, COVID? Well, this, year, this year without COVID, I was going to say COVID has messed things up a little bit. Um, but prior to COVID, I was very, very lucky. So I spent six years of my life building up a huge client base in the UK and Europe. So and I've done that completely unrepresented as well. So this is one of the main questions I get when young girls speak to me about wanting to join the industry. They go, what agency should I join? And I say, do not join an agency. Because if you join one, they are going to put you forward for jobs that you don't want to do. They're going to pay you money that's less than what you would want to accept. And they are going to make you go to places that you've never been and don't feel safe going to. So if you represent yourself, you actually get to vet your vet the companies that you're working with. So, you know, get references from the girls to make sure you're happy going there. You get to decide, um, you know, what countries you visit and what places you get to travel to around the world and also what levels you're working to and the money you're earning. Um, so it took me a long time to get those um, that client base built up, but it works if you put in the effort and you put in the time. So a day in the life of Anna May, gosh, um, I probably get up every day about 6am, but I grew up on a farm, so I don't mind an early morning start. Um, do my hair and makeup to a high standard. I was professionally trained in hair and makeup when I first started in this job, but it's definitely something I'd suggest to anyone that's considering it. Um, and then a lot of driving. I do on average 35 to 45,000 miles a year in my car. So a lot of driving is involved and I can drive up and down the country to wherever my shoot may be. And then I will work for anything from two hours to seven hours, depending on the shoot. Um, and sometimes in the evening, I will then come home and then do what's called a fetish meet, where I'll meet one on one with a client and basically help them indulge in their fetish. So, for instance, it might be a gentleman that really enjoys ball busting. So basically, I'll spend an hour kicking him in the balls until he has taken so much he can't possibly stand up. He'll be very thankful, give me a lovely kiss and go on his way. Um, wow. So, yeah, that's basically a day in my life. That's amazing. Um, I've seen kind of the stuff you've done before where you, you have like shoot days. Um, so are they days that, that you set up or are they days that your you know kind of clients set up? Um, so they could be either. So I work with a, a huge array of different studios, both in England and in Europe. So those studios might book me for an entire day and then they will sell slots to their hobbyist photographers. So these are just your average lovely men and sometimes women with cameras and that as their hobby, they like to take pictures of pretty girls and they will come. They'll meet me. We'll do a meet and greet, maybe sign an autograph or two, and then we'll take some pictures. But then I also run those myself. So I have my own professional photography studio down here in sunny Brighton. Um, and I also used to have one in Cheshire, but it actually closed just before COVID, unfortunately. Not due to COVID, but just before COVID. How, how has COVID affected your career? Because I'm assuming, you know, doing, doing porn, there's a lot of restrictions around it now about who you get to spend time with and things like that. Has it affected you that much this year? Um, I have been one of the very lucky people that has not been affected negatively by COVID at all. If anything, we've actually been on the opposite side of the scale. So I live with my beautiful girlfriend and also my uh, business partner slash partner as well, um, Stefan. So um, we all live together in one house. So over COVID, I live with a girl I can shoot content with and a videographer. So all of the professional companies were paying us to produce content. And then obviously everybody that sat at home, bored, lonely, they've not got anything to do, any spare money they've had, well, they've been spending on pornography. So actually, if anything, we've come out the other side of this in a, in a lot more positive light. So we've been quite lucky. Um, but it has most certainly changed the way that we work. So a lot of stuff we've gone online with, a lot more online advertising, online photo shoots even, when we've done like Zoom sessions where photographers can kind of like take screenshots on Zoom instead of actually coming in person to take the photographs. 
Um, so it has been a change, but I wouldn't say I prefer it. I really do miss that one-on-one element and I can't wait to get it back. And there's a lot of platforms out there for you now as well, isn't there? So there's things like OnlyFans and things like that. So um, how many how many kind of platforms would you say you're available on? Um, oh, gosh, loads. Um, so OnlyFans is probably the biggest one. It's a household name now. So, yes, I do work on OnlyFans. Um, but more than anything, I do one-to-one Skype sessions because I find that's a lot more intimate. You're really able to connect with your fans a little bit more. And also just Twitter and Instagram, you know, regular posts every day. Um, but everything's a bit of extra income and helps your fans connect with you and really learn who you are, not just who you portray yourself to be. Yeah, so there's a lot of opportunity out there for you now as well, um, you know, as opposed to when you first started. Um, there's a lot of platforms for you to kind of be available on. Um, this year, I've seen you travel quite a lot. You travel solo as well uh, quite a lot, but I, I, you were in Ibiza recently. Is travel a huge part of your job? Travel is a huge part of my job, and I have to say it's probably my favorite part. Um, when I was younger, if I ever had to describe like my perfect job, it would have been to be able to travel around the world, to maybe like vlog about it, to get experience different cultures and different countries. And I get to do that, but get paid to do it at the same time, which is amazing. So um, I can't actually say who I've been working with because it's actually quite a big company in the US and they've asked me to keep it top secret for now. But I have been working out in Ibiza both in August and just recently um, for two weeks, which has been phenomenal. We've been on private yachts huge villas um there was also some very special activities and some motorbikes i must say um so it's been lots of fun um to get some winter sunshine but obviously we're still being careful because of the whole covid thing and stuff and it's very uh, production is so limited now normally when you're on set you've got between 15 and 30 people and at the moment we've been having seven um because it's obviously so tight with covid and all so it's a bit sad I know you said you couldn't mention who it is, but when could we expect to see the end result of that? Um, We're hoping by the end of November, early December. Um, It's a big company that I just um, got contracted with. You definitely know them if I mention them, so that's why I'm not saying anything. Um, But I'm very excited because I am moving to America in November. So this was kind of my last opportunity to shoot with them outside the US because they, they have a European base and they have a US base so this is my last opportunity to shoot with them before I kind of moved inbound if you like um to the US which is exciting you've moved permanently to the US um yes and no so um my dream has always been to move to California and finally this year it's coming true which I'm super excited about um so yeah I'm moving um to the coast I'm going to be living there on my own with my beautiful little dog um and traveling around California for a couple of months because no one's really shooting out there too much at the moment with COVID um, but I will be traveling back and forth to the UK. Like I said, after building such a huge client base up here, it would be very silly of me to kind of not take advantage of that and, and keep working here. So we'll be doing two and a half months in the US, a month in the UK, uh, and kind of so on, you know, throughout the year with me and my little dog. What about your girlfriend? Um, she unfortunately isn't able to move with me at the moment, um, but she's going to be staying uh, to manage my beautiful studio in Hove in Brighton. Um, so she's going to stay here, but she'll also be traveling out to, to visit me in the US now and again as well. That's nice. Have you got a place already set up for you? Um, yeah, I've actually been very lucky. I have a couple of friends that work in property over there. So I'm going to be dotting around the US um, in different properties that they own, basically, which has been very lucky. So I've not got a permanent home set up just yet, but it means lots more traveling for me, which is what I like. So happy days. Yeah. And it's not your first trip over to California, is it? Because I know for a fact you were in a Hollywood film. I was in a Hollywood film. I've actually been in a couple, um, not as obviously main characters or anything, but that is what I would like to eventually perhaps move into more of the clothes on on screen, shall we say, rather than clothes off. Um, so, but- so kind of this this um, this path that you're on has, has opened that door for you. How did you get into kind of the Hollywood side of things? Um, so I'm a huge believer in this, that talent is great, but it's all about who you know. Um, I was literally in a bar on my own. I I was over in California, not for work, just to hang out with some friends. My friends had had to cancel last minute and weren't able to come out for dinner. I was out on my own on a bar having a drink and a gentleman came up to me, started chatting with me. Turns out he was a famous movie director. 
and asked me to be in one of his films after getting to know me a couple of weeks later. So it was just happened to be one of those things. And that has led to many more connections in the kind of movie industry. Um, so yeah, just go out there and give it a chance is always my suggestion to people. People seem to be set in this way of if, if, unless you're dropped dead gorgeous and stunning or ridiculously talented, these things can't happen for you. And that's so not true. It's all just a matter of chance. So yeah, just live your life and go for it and, you know, take the chances if, if you can. Yeah. And I know you, you mentioned earlier on um, client base. Obviously, I'm not asking you to name names or anything, but kind of what sort of clients do you do you kind of have? Because obviously people, you know, we, we mentioned kind of like when people say porn star, you have an image in your head and then you have an image of, of people who watch porn as just being, you know, dirty little bedroom boys. <laughs> but I'm assuming your clients, you know, you've got high profile clients, kind of what's kind of like the weirdest um, and best clients that you've had? Oh my gosh. So in regard, in regards to clients, every kind of person you can possibly imagine watches or deals with pornography in some way. So there is, there is no stereotype. And that's why I keep saying to people, there is no certain type of person that either works in porn or watches porn. It's a normal thing. And we need to work hard to kind of normalize it more in the world and kind of make people realize it's not such a dirty seedy thing anymore um so in regards to probably gosh the most the weirdest client I've ever had I can't I couldn't really say the weirdest client because everybody is quite different in their own individual yeah. way as you can imagine they might know them and whatnot. <laughs> oh, yeah She's talking about me <laughs> um but I could I could share with you one of my funniest experiences if that would sure, make yeah. you guys giggle yeah. um so when I'm working for professional companies a lot of the time these professional companies they really do try and think outside the box shall we say to create content that maybe hasn't been seen before and they don't know whether it's going to do well or not um so one of the funniest scenes I've ever ever been in was me and these two other lovely porn stars one's called Tina Kay she's very well known and the other was called Carmel Anderson and we were dressed as beautiful little French milkmaids in a field in a public field in the middle of nowhere right so we're skipping across this field dressed as milkmaids with our little milk churns in hand. And there in front of our eyes are three fully grown men, bollock naked, kneeling down, pretending to eat grass like cows in a field. <laughs> Unfortunately, the producer had forgotten to buy any cow masks that day. And the only thing he could pick up last minute from the costume shop was fox masks. So these men are wearing fox masks and nothing else. And we had to um, very ladylike skip over to them, talk about milking our bulls. And as you can imagine, without being too vulgar on the podcast, had to do a certain thing until completion where they then had to moo as they deposited their milk <laughs> into our milk churns. And there's always a certain point in everybody's career when you're like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> and I remember looking at the other models and going, is this my job or am I dreaming? <laughs> um, so that was probably one of the most weird experiences I've ever had. Um, but it just goes to show that everybody's into something a little different. Yeah, someone's going to watch that and enjoy it. So, <laughs> Oh, I think you'll find that 1.2 million people watch that, Claire, wow. and enjoy it. <laughs> like, you should see some of the reviews on Pornhub. It's hysterical. So honestly, there's a market for anything nowadays. They do reviews on Pornhub. That's something I learned today. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and it's, it's probably like a lot of bants, isn't it? You know, just like Twitter feeds and like Twitter and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So are you kind of all over social media as well? Can we find you Twitter, Instagram? How can we follow your travels? Yeah, the best thing for you to do is to follow me on Instagram, which is Miss Honor May. That's H-O-N-O-U-R-M-A-Y. Um, and you can see all of my little travels on there and any promotions or anything I have for any of my um, videos or pictures or OnlyFans will be on there as well. Great. And I know like we kind of... The purpose of this call really was to discuss helping people who want to get into the industry. Um, so if there is someone that is contemplating this and they're kind of scared, um, how would you how would you help them? Um, 
So the first thing that I would say is if you're thinking about getting into this industry, you need to think about three main things. First of all, is how is this going to affect you mentally? This is a fantastic job and I thoroughly enjoy it day to day. It is the best thing that I've ever done and I would not go back on my decision to join it. However, there are most certainly are days when it is really mentally challenging for you, especially when you're having to make a decision between wanting to do something that's going to pay you a lot of money and then sometimes being offered to do something that you don't want to do for an even larger amount of money. And you really do have to make that decision in your head of is that money worth doing something I'm not comfortable with and you have to be able to draw that line so you need to come into this knowing that you're you're mentally aware of the challenges and making sure that you're going to be strong enough to deal with them because this industry does attract people that maybe have had a difficult time so you need to make sure that you're strong enough to deal with this job first of all just on that um does it does it affect your personal life mentally as well? Does it, you know, if, if you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, does it affect your relationship? Unfortunately, it does. Um, it would be, you know, I'd be lying if I sat here and said it didn't. Um, I've been very lucky in the fact that the relationships that I've had um, have always been within the industry, as in, like, my, my girlfriend's also um, a, an adult model, a porn star. So, you know, we understand the industry, but we both work in it together. That's a lot easier. But I have had relationships in the past where they've been what we call uh, civilians or puggles for any uh, Harry Potter fans out there. Obviously, you know what a muggle is? A, a puggle is like a porn muggle. It's an interesting <laughs> joke. Um, you know, when they're not in the industry, it's a lot harder for them to understand um, that there is a difference between, you know, being in love with someone or having sex with someone for for pleasure for your own one and then doing something for work. And they're sometimes not able to differentiate, I can't say, differentiate, differentiate between that. Um, is it hard for you to differentiate? <laughs> Even though I can't you say. Know you can't say it now. <laughs> uh, but is it hard for you as well? Like, so, you know, you've, you've had a day at work and then you come home. Do you just kind of think, oh, do I, you know, do I want to... <laughs> do I want to do this or not you know is it hard for you it's not hard for me anymore there's definitely been times when I found it difficult um but because my my honor may and then my actual home persona are so different like even the way that I speak and the way that I dress on camera is completely the opposite to how I am at home I am able to kind of walk in the door and kind of switch off and get back to normal life and, and be with Effie and stuff. That's my girlfriend and and kind of have our home life, which is really nice. Um, but you need to be aware that that is a challenge if you're kind of going into this as, as a newbie. Um, and then my last point would obviously be how this is not going to only affect you, but how it's going to affect your family. Um, I was very lucky that my family were supportive that is not always the case and a lot of people go into this going oh it's fine I just won't tell them porn is everywhere nowadays and they will find out and if they find out without you telling them obviously that's going to be huge shock and quite upsetting for them so I would always suggest if it's something that you're passionate about if it's something you really genuinely want to do do your research figure out who you want to be make sure you're mentally strong enough to deal with it sit down with your parents or your significant others and discuss it before you decide to go into it because as soon as you do your first video or your first photo set and they're out on the internet it's out there forever and you cannot go back from it mm-hmm. and speaking of kind of family support is it true your sister is following in your footsteps um potentially yes um she's in that at that stage at the moment where it's something that she does want to do she's not 100% sure whether she's going to be kind of mentally strong enough to be able to deal with it long term so she's kind of just doing her own thing she's doing a lot of solo stuff she's not kind of going into the mainstream side of it just yet which is exactly what I suggested uh, her to do um so yeah she's enjoying it for for the time being and and she's doing her which is nice you know she's doing her thing what she wants to do and making sure that she's happy and that makes me so proud and she's got amazing support in yourself as well to help her absolutely um and if anybody does want to get into this and they they really generally do want some advice or some help or anything feel free to contact me I would never turn anyone away that is asking for help you know in this industry because it can be such a cold industry sometimes you know not being able to get that support network so if you do need anything you know just send me a message and I'll do what I can to to reply and to help 
That's fantastic. Thank you for that offer. Um, we'll, we'll be sure to post your contact details and, you know, how people can follow you as well. Um, just with you saying it's kind of a bit of a cold industry, um, are there people out there that take advantage as well? So people that aren't quite legitimate that try and take advantage of maybe someone that wants to get into the industry? I'd honestly like to say no, um, but I think in any industry, and I'm not just talking about pornography now, I'm talking about any industry, there are always people out there that are going to try and put you down or exploit you in anything, and in any single industry. So the porn industry isn't, you know, colder than any other industry or harder than any other industry. Like 90% of the people that you will meet in this industry are so lovely, down to earth and very, very professional. In the entirety of the six years that I've worked, I have never, ever felt kind of pressured, out of place, um, you know, offended by anything that anyone said. It has always been very politically correct and I've always been very well looked after. So what I mean by cold is purely sometimes the women in this industry, and I will target this as the women because it is quite competitive might not want to help new people get into it because they're trying to defend obviously their their clients their fans etc you know making sure that they're on top which I disagree with because there's always room for for new people to join any industry and I'm always quite welcoming of, of new people. Mm-hmm. That was actually one of my questions is uh, kind of how competitive it is and if you can make friends within the industry or if you kind of have to watch your back a little bit. You can definitely make friends within the industry. There are so many nice people and lovely people. Some of my best friends I've made through the industry. But of course, it's the same with anything like working in an office environment, Claire. You know what it's like. You you have your friends, you have your clique, and then there's some people that hate you for no apparent reason and put salt in your tea. And it's (laughs) the same same in porn. How many Um, times has that happened? (laughs) How many times salt in your tea? No, I would never do that. <laughs> I don't think you ever made me tea, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you using my horse mug once and I was not best pleased. Oh yeah. No, it wasn't me, was it? Someone someone in the no, office. I think I swear it was Tony. It might have been Tony that did it. Yeah. Someone, someone, took, someone took Paris's mug and I had to send like a company-wide email saying, if someone has this mug, please return. Tony, you bastard. <laughs> I, I actually, yeah. to this day, Claire, I still have that mug as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I remember that very specifically because uh, you were not happy. I don't think <laughs> the diva that you were would not work until the mug was returned. No, I would not. <laughs> Dear me. Not deeper well, anymore, though, are we? <laughs> um, well, not not so much. The, 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 the nice thing is about being able to, to have this kind of um, on a May persona is that I can channel all of my, my diva into her. So that actually when I'm when I'm me on my day off, I'm a lot more down to earth and I would say hikey and nature girl rather than diva anymore. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that as well, because out of out of the realm of porn, you are quite the adventurer, aren't you? So tell us a little bit just about you as a as a human being. <laughs> um, I, I just I've been very lucky, and I've been quite spoiled um, through my journeys of porn. So I, you know, I've been able to go on yachts, I've been on private jets, I've stayed in mansions, and I've kind of done all of the things that like any woman would ever want to do you know I've drank the best champagne I've worn the best dresses I've been to Vegas red carpet events it's been awesome so when that side of me switched off when the cameras are off kind of thing I just want to be me and actually channel into who I really am so I started doing a lot of hiking a lot of exploring a lot of backpacking um, and I've actually just organized um after COVID, obviously, because of what's going on right now, to go backpacking around New Zealand for two and a half months with my dog, which I'm super excited for. Um, and for my birthday, for my 25th, which is just gone, I actually climbed Snowdon with my dog, just me and her. Um, we did it, well, I was going to say I did it solo. I did it solo plus dog um, for my birthday, which was awesome. Does she love, does she love it as much as you do? Do you mean the porn or the hiking? <laughs> that, that was what I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, definitely all the hiking. Um, also, as well, like, I think the last time we spoke, were you, are you not some sort of champion rock climber or something um, like that? 
semi-professional um I did a couple of competitions and stuff I don't I don't rock climb as much anymore purely for time reasons but it's definitely one of my big hobbies as well as horse riding so anything kind of outdoorsy is big for me and I'm very lucky because my my dog can basically come everywhere with me so we we go on lots of cool adventures together and we've just um we've just started our new YouTube new can't speak today YouTube page up uh, which is called Girls That Travel, which is basically a solo page about me and my dog and, and sometimes my girlfriend and the adventures we get on. Completely not porn related, but it'd be what's really the, kind of a cool adventurous. What's your dog's name? Marcia. Oh, I live Marcia. And does she just like come off lead and follow you everywhere you go? Yeah, she does. She's absolutely fantastic. Uh, she's registered as a service dog. She helps me, um, you know, because obviously every str- everyone struggles for something. I have uh, panic attacks every now and again, and she really helps me with those. Um, so she comes on set with me sometimes. Obviously, she's not around when the action's going on, but she's most certainly there for support before and afterwards. And she comes with me on my travels as well. So hopefully we're going to be getting a camper van at some point next year and doing a whole like Girls That Travel YouTube series around yeah, Europe. Not- Sounds great. Mm. So one thing um, that I'm quite curious about is um, how safe the industry is um, because you're obviously um, working with a lot of different people a lot of the time. How do you know that the person that you're working with is safe, that the company that you're working for is following safety guidelines as well um, so that you're not kind of picking up any STDs or spreading anything? How does that work in the industry? So this is one of the things I was really surprised about, actually, when I first joined the industry. So we have what is called UCAP, which is basically our industry union. So this isn't so much regulated by, say, the government or anything like that. This is a solo put together kind of um, industry guidelines. So we have um, a meeting once a month, which is representatives from all over the industry from like solo stuff independent companies um like anyone can join basically to be on this kind of round table of advisors so to speak and we are the people that then put in the guidelines so they're called UCAP and they have awards each year they have out like give out newsletters and stuff and help new performers that are just joining the industry kind of understand what the guidelines and rules are so to speak and one of the rules that we put in uh, which is a new rule for 2020 is that Every single performer that is doing any kind of contact work, so that means girl, girl, boy, girl, even like if you're doing solo stuff, but you're, I don't know, exchanging fluids in any way, then you have to have professional sexual health certificates done every single two weeks. And these can be done um, for free once a month on the NHS. But if you are performing all the time, then you have to have them done every two weeks. You have to pay between 300 and 700 pounds a month to have these professional sexual health certificates and you have to provide them in paper format signed by a doctor on every single shoot you go to and if you turn up without your certificates you're not allowed to work so So does does that kind of involve like testing then and things like that is that how it all works so you have to go to your clinic Uh, there's clinics all over the UK Um, your sexual health is a really good one Dean Street Express in Soho in London is the main one that we tend to use as performers because it offers a free test once per month um and you go you have your blood taken you do swabs um and then you get your results back in roughly 24 to 48 hours um and then you have your certificate which is printed with your name your date of birth your id details on it so it can't be forged by anybody and you have to then show that to your other performers and your producers that you're working with so it's super super strict times have really changed in the last four to five years um before that you didn't really have to have tests and you know in the last four years it's become super strict to the point now if you turned up on set and you didn't have the correct tests you would basically be blacklisted from the industry and you would not be allowed to work with any production companies anymore which for me is a huge weight off my mind knowing that when I turn up on set not only do I know that I'm safe I know that everyone else I'm working with is safe so it is super professional and honestly in some cases I think that our industry the porn industry is a lot more professional than say 
other industries because uh, we have to have COVID tests now as soon as uh, any shooting takes way like we have to make sure that we are completely clear of COVID and a lot of other companies aren't putting that in place so yeah I'm pretty proud really. Yeah that's that's uh, that's really good to know as well it's kind of evolved because you hear like kind of horror stories from back in the day mm. um, but yeah I think that's really good especially the two-week thing because at least then you know that they're safe um, and you know, blacklisting. I mean, it's not just a case of you get sent home from work. You actually get blacklisted from the whole industry. That's that's a consequence. Um, so that's amazing. Um, and in terms of, you know, people kind of have this stereotype in the mind of, you know, if you're in porn, you're on drugs, um, and, you know, you kind of have that kind of persona. What would you say to someone that thinks that of a performer? Um, I'd say that I'm not surprised because I actually thought that myself. Uh, like I said, when I first found out that my, my first of a girlfriend was a webcam model, these are all of the questions that I had. So these are not irrelevant questions. It's okay for you to think these things because it's going to take us a while to get out of this stereotype. So without people kind of speaking out openly about their experiences, people won't know. So in the six years that I've been in this industry, I have never seen anybody take any drugs whatsoever not even marijuana on set right me personally I don't smoke I occasionally socially drink I do not do any drugs whatsoever um the companies that I work with are so strict that if anybody was seen to be doing any kind of drugs or even like having any drugs on them not even taking them on set they would be asked to leave. And um, I wouldn't necessarily say that they would be blacklisted, but there would be definitely things that would go around the industry about them because it's such a closed kind of uh, group of people, like we're all, we're all very like, close-knit together, like everybody knows each other. It only takes one person to make one mistake and everybody knows about it. So everybody's super careful, super respectful. So, yeah, the whole kind of 80s vibe of porn stars doing cocaine off each other's, you know, tits and, you know, something. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly, the industry has changed so much. It's so professional. There's no drugs. There's no rock and roll. There's nothing like <laughs> that anymore. You turn up on set, um, obviously, without COVID, there's roughly between, you know, 15 and 20 people on set. Um, making sure that you feel comfortable and you feel safe and everybody's following the right regulations. So it's a it's a proper production. Yeah. I, I'm going to throw you a bit of a curveball here, but what about people that think that to be in this industry, you must have kind of mental health issues maybe? You know, I know you, you touched on the upbringing earlier on, but what about that kind of side of things? Um, Honestly, this industry does tend to attract people that maybe haven't had the best start in life. But I want to change that. And that's one of the main things that I've been doing uh, as kind of my side project, so to speak. So whenever I meet people uh, and I explain to them about how I got into this industry and they're like, oh, my gosh, like how much money are you earning? You've been so successful. Where are you traveling to? OK, maybe I want to do that. And I'm starting to try and um give people the right information to help them make the right decision about whether they want to join this industry to try and help people um from all walks of life get into this industry instead of just people that you know need the money so to speak um so yeah people with mental health issues they do tend to be attracted to this but i hope that with the right help and the right guidance no matter what your history is you can have a very fantastic and long career in this and be successful yeah. and happy and safe so and hopefully yeah. there's, there's people like you around to support as well yeah, if exactly. they need it which is great um now one thing that I want you to do now is brag about yourself I want you to tell me because I know <laughs> you, you you've been nominated haven't you in um award ceremonies you've done front covers of magazines tell us about all your successes I want to hear all about them Oh my gosh. Um, I've, I've been quite lucky over the years. I've had many front covers um, on UK magazines. So like Mayfair, Men Only, um, Club International, etc. which has been really nice for me. It's quite funny, actually. I, I do. I'll take this. Right. I do have a wall of vein, I call it. I have all of my yes. covers and stuff and my trophies in, in one room. And yeah. I invited one of my friends around recently and they went, oh, my God, it looks like a shrine. It looks like you died. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. So I feel a bit bad now. 
Um, but no, I'm quite proud of my front covers and stuff. I'm not going to be attractive forever. I've got to make the most out of it, right? Um, and I was um, I was put up for some awards um, last year and the year before which was really nice Um, and hopefully um, I'm hopefully going next year for the AVNs the AVNs is the biggest um, kind of porn awards in the world it's uh, in Vegas every year in January so fingers crossed next year I might be up there too what was the award Um, so I'm saying AVN yeah AVN is the it's awards ceremony I'm hoping to go for uh, international performer of the year Okay, we'll have a look out for that. So talking about your future. I was just going to ask one other question before we go to the kind of final question. Um, obviously, there will be people out there, no matter how we try and push it. It's not to put a negative spin on it either, but how do you deal with people where it, it's almost like a shutdown? You know, people, because there will be people out there that will just not get it, not understand it. Is that just something that you float away from or is it something you try to tackle and obviously you know trying to change people's perception on the industry or is that something you've genuinely not come across um I've come across it loads especially in my small hometown of Cheshire um I think I'm the only porn star that's ever come from Cheshire so people you know are quite shocked by you know the fact of what my job is that you know the truth is that I, I do occasionally have have sex for money and I I do basically record myself and you know doing videos and taking pictures and stuff for profit um but it all depends on your perception of whether or not that's right or wrong and as times are changing more things have become acceptable and we have to just look at it as a progression like if we look at 50 years ago you know it, the color of your skin determined what you were able to do or whether you know I wouldn't be able to be gay and you know be open out out, out, yeah, out yeah. open and out about that so things change, you know, uh, you know, gay rights are a thing now, which, you know, they weren't, you know, 20 years ago. And I think it'll be the same with pornography. So in 20 years time, when someone turns around and be like, oh, you know, Jessica's mom, she's a porn star. And they're like, oh, yeah, so is my auntie Sarah. <laughs> like, that's just be, it'll just be a thing. Um, it won't be such a big deal anymore, but it's going to take a while for people to be able to acknowledge that. So when people are you know, a little bit offensive to me about it, instead of lashing out at them, I try and re-educate them because that's all it is. You have to just re-educate people and explain to them that what I'm doing is not wrong. It's not against the law. It's not against your, you know, your religion, anything like that. It's just the fact that sex is sex and it's out there and everybody masturbates and everybody has sex. So why are you so ashamed to see it on camera? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no church people kind of like burning crosses on the front lawn or anything like that. <laughs> Not recently. Come on. <laughs> um, no, I think I've been quite lucky. There's obviously been the odd people that have, have taken the piss out of my job or have been offensive to me. But a lot of the time it's just stems from jealousy. They see how successful I've been and what I have and they put that in comparison to what they have and jealousy sparks from it. But you know, if anything, I feel sorry for these people that they're so close-minded. I don't want to punish them for that. I want to help re-educate them. Yeah, I, I have seen you shoot someone down on Facebook for um, kind of trying to put you down. And then you turned around and said, well, actually, I'm a successful businesswoman earning this much a year. What are you doing? But then this is someone that actually follows you. So it, <laughs> yeah. the mind boggles. But that, I, I guess that's kind of where part of my question was leading to, because obviously people online just like to berate oh, people nasty. for the sake yeah. of it don't they um, mm. so it's, it's I suppose it's what your take is in, in how you deal with that but I guess moving on from that where's where do you see yourself going for the longevity perspective of it is it something you'd want to look at in I don't know, it might be completely different from this but I guess things like production houses or yeah. um, direction or where do you see the brand going So this is one of the things that I actually spoke about back in the day when I first started, because that was one of the questions that my my business manager said to me. He was like, how long are you doing this for? Are you doing this for a year? Are you doing this for two? Are you doing this for 10? And what I realized is that there is no cutoff period for this. It's not like um, I can only be a catwalk model for three years until I get too fat or too old to be in their bracket of appropriate catwalk model personas, right? Porn 
is forever. Like the, you have you have milfs, you have gilfs. I could I could model until I was eighty five if I wanted to, and there'd be no <laughs> one that could porn. stop me. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's granny porn. We, we, heard, we heard an interesting story yesterday about yeah, that's not about. That, though. <laughs> <laughs> it involves a celebrity and granny porn, and I don't want to get into trouble. I'm for sure it, they're so. gonna. T- I'm sure they're gonna tell that <laughs> well, story. We'll but, let yeah, them okay. tell it. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it it can go on forever. <laughs> so there's there's no cut off period for me. I'm not putting myself like a a stopgap where I'm like okay I'm going to stop porn by 2025 I will continue on for as long as I feel that it makes me happy because for me when I get up every day and I'm like okay I have to go to work today this is what I'm doing I actually genuinely look forward to it there's not a day that I wake up where I'm like I can't be bothered to do this today I don't want to do this today and to me to be able to say that about your job that's the definition of happiness for me so as long as I can say that every day, I'll do this forever. Um, but obviously, everybody has kind of a goal they want to finally achieve. So I would like to start my own website. Um, the name is Manor House. It'd be like really high class production, kind of girl, girl content aimed at kind of more of a feminine audience. So either for um, straight girls, bisexual girls, gay girls, um, but but for women that can women can enjoy instead of kind of more of a male dominated audience. Um, but I'd also like to to do some non pornographic material as well, and maybe do some some modelling that kind of thing, um, and maybe some acting down the line as well. Reality TV. I don't know. I can't stand anything like Love Island. I think I'd vomit if they asked me to go on that. Probably not. I'll hold you to that just in case they offer you a load of money. Yeah, and you'll replay this interview and be like, she said she hated it. I'm I'm a celeb 2022. No, I I tell you what I would do. I'm a celeb because I'm such an outdoorsy girl. I'd all be like, oh, she's going to be scared and I'd smash it. You would, you would absolutely <laughs> smash it. I know, knowing you, you would absolutely mm. smash it. Nothing outdoorsy scares you, so yeah. you would be tough. As I tell you what I would love to do, Claire. Fair Girls yeah. the Island. Oh, I would yeah. Do, oh, mm. I would be so in my element on that. What about the SAS one? Yeah. That would be an interesting one for mm. like, someone from that industry like tackling. That. I like the yeah. SAS. Yeah. Maybe, we should, maybe we should get me to apply for like all of these and just see if they take me on. It would be really <laughs> funny, wouldn't it? Maybe, maybe we should start a campaign, like a yeah. Twitter campaign or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, they were taking applications, weren't they, just before COVID? Because mm. we were going to um, push someone forward from a gym. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get a campaign going. We'll get yeah. you on something. That would be amazing, <laughs> it's, wouldn't it? It's just about raising awareness. And, you know, um, hopefully in your future, you can be an ambassador. You know, you will be seen as an ambassador um, for women in porn and, and the inspiration and, and support that you can provide as well. I mean, I suppose as cheesy as things like reality TV and game shows and stuff like that potentially can be when you've got a positive message to send. Yeah. I think it translates quite well on platforms like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, I've changed my mind about a few reality people that I've seen before, you know, that you've been judged and stuff, so that's good. Um, so Anna it's been absolutely amazing having you on I have really genuinely enjoyed you know the journey that you've been on the stories that you've got to tell Um, every time I open Facebook and I see that you're in a different country or I see that you're on a new adventure I'm just I'm excited for you um, I can't wait to see what the future holds for you. I'm very proud Aww, of you as well. You're going to make me cry. It is going on now. I know, well, because I've known you for so long and I've seen you grow up. <laughs> it's, it's just, I am I am really, really proud of you because I know your story anyway. Um, and so I just can't wait to see it, you know, develop even further. So I genuinely, I'm so happy that you've come on this podcast. Um, hopefully some good things will come out of it as well. Yeah, definitely. I hope so. Well, thank you very much for having me on, guys. Um, any opportunity I get to kind of spread the positive message of like what it is that I do and trying to eliminate the stereotype that we've had and held on to for so long. I obviously want to try and develop a new one about, you know, being empowered, responsible women in charge of our own careers and making our way for ourselves in this world that is so dominated by men all the time. We're taking it back. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, so thank you for having me on and yeah, keep an eye out for my travels. This is the end of a chapter, but the rest of the book is still to come. Ooh, yeah, a good thing could be like, you know, if we catch up in like six months or something yeah. and see if we do um, a take on the YouTube series and oh, yeah. see where things are going. That'd be super cool. I'm going to be out in California. So if you guys want to come and visit, or you want to Skype me from over there, you want to see some sunshine, sure thing. We're on it. Easy we'll come and see you. We'll maybe get married. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were proposing then, Clara. I was like, calm a, down. <laughs> a long, long story, but yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll speak again very, very soon. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a look, like, share and support. Thanks for listening.